up? Hello. Welcome to Hack a Chat, the NBA's first podcast featuring a gold medal percussionist. With me is the man who Travis Scott won't open a window for, the Danadote. Dan, what are we going to do? We're here to talk some hoops and tell you what happened to Harold Miner. Of course, before we do that, behind the MacBook, we have the tyrant of our technology, Gyro. Nice to be here. Thanks for showing up, man. We're really excited about today's episode. We're going to talk a lot about what happened this week because, man, we had a good week in the NBA. Good week. Really good week. We're going to talk about our favorite lines. We're going to talk about some players moving around and some older gentlemen making comments about a new game. Uh, before we get to that, though, we want to talk about our favorite subject. What us. Is it, it's, it's us. us. Always us. We are our favorite subject. Um, we want to talk about some of our favorite things. Uh, and I wanted to get to our favorite song, but before we got to our favorite song, I wanted everybody to know that our favorite song, it, one of my favorite songs right now, is The Antidote by Travis Scott. Yeah, I was going to say that reference just went right over my head. I'm usually pretty good at the pop culture stuff, but that one did not get it. Yeah, Travis Scott is a guy who is in the gym class heroes. Okay, yeah. And uh, now he has an action figure who is himself. Oh. And he sings about things not going out a window. Um, I really don't know that much about Travis Scott, but I know that song is real fun. There we go. Yeah. All right. The Danadote. I'm loving it. Uh, I also mentioned a gold medal percussionist in the beginning. Uh, Dan, is that you? No, that is not me. Okay. It's not me either. So it must be one person. Oh yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's gyro. Gold medalist. Gold medals. What, what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, 2013. 2013. And who did you do this with? Indoor drum line. Quick question. Yes, sir. Was Michael Phelps involved in any way? Lots of gold medals for him. Uh, no, 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 Wait, are no you Michael sure, Phelps? though? Uh, he, 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 might have been he has a lot of them, from what I understand. Uh, yeah. I, I did not get mine from him. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, we just had to, we had to be sure. to make sure. That. So, we, we talked about you playing a snare last week. You don't play snare in this indoor drum line, though. Oh, no, I play marimba. Which totally makes sense. Yeah. He's I'm a... Sure. He's all over the place. I play the ukulele and the bass. I just play the one guitars or the two guitars that have four strings on them. I just want to make it real easy to play instruments that made it simple. Dan, how about you? How about you? What, what instruments do you play? I do no hot dogs. Yeah, I do okay. no Twitter. Uh huh. And I do no instruments. Oh wow! Keeping yeah. it clean. Keeping for 29 it years. super clean. Twenty nine years. Killing it. All right, well, we're talking about our favorite songs this week. No, wait, are we talking in general favorite songs, or are we talking basketball-related favorite songs? Basketball. basketball. Of course, basketball. What are we talking about here? What we're are talking we doing? Hoops. We're talking hoops, of course. And if we're talking hoops, we got to talk about one of the best basketball songs there ever was. I mean, iconically, yes, a basketball song. Dan, your favorite basketball song. Well, when we were going over show notes and doing some uh, show prep, Obviously, this came up this week, and I thought to myself, oh, there's a bunch of songs out there that are basketball-related that I really like, and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. There's one song that is my favorite basketball song, and that song happens to be Round Ball Rock by a certain John Tesh. Now, now Dan, when you brought this up, yes. didn't know what you were talking about. No, not many Had people no do. Not many people do. But then you go to a certain you know website you can find just about anywhere, type in Round Ball Rock by John Tesh. And then you will hear the song, and you will say, yes, I know exactly what that song is. That is the NBA on NBC theme song. And I cannot tell you <laughs> how many times growing up as a child in my room with my little mini basketball hoop during the wintertime playing basketball to Sunday NBA games, and that song 
hitting as the <laughs> Sunday game was about to come on and me just going berserk and dunking all in my hoop and just being as awesome as I thought I could be. So, yes, my favorite basketball-related song, Round Ball Rock by John Tesh. And when you go on YouTube to look up that song and to hear it, there's also a video yes. of John Tesh at a concert. And I was listening to it, and I thought it was a TED Talk. It was not. It is no. his actual concert. And he pantomimes dribbling a basketball, and it's it's very fun. Yeah, so if, if you have it. a couple, if you have a couple minutes, you know, just go to YouTube, type in "Round Ball Rock," John Tesh, and just watch the video. Watch him explain how the song came to him. Watch him talk about the where he was when he was coming <laughs> up with the song, it's the and whole just story. the backstory about how he got there. And then he plays it, and he just is so excited that it's he's so playing good. this song. Also. Former Entertainment Tonight employee John Tesh. So just for, for some reference there, in yeah. case those of you out there <laughs> watch Entertainment Tonight in the mid nineties. Yeah, well, I'll tweet out that link on our Twitter page at Hack a Chat. That's the underscores in there. Check out us. Check us out on Twitter, and you can see that link there. Now, Charlie, we've talked an awful lot about my favorite basketball-related song. Oh, you want to hear mine? I would love for you to lay on your favorite. Many options. Song. I yes. had many options. Um, more recently, I love Big Drake fan. Yep. I've talked a lot about how much I love Drake. Yep. I love me some Drake. He's got big rings. He's got he's got Jumpman. He's got Forever. Everybody knows those are the big ones. I mean, he's got great basketball songs. But my favorite basketball song, I, I came down to two. It was uh, Ski Lows, I Wish, which yep. was my ringtone for probably three years. Very good. I absolutely Very impressed love that that is yours. Oh, I so love a little Ski before Lo. your time. A little before my time. It was actually a year before my time. Uh, you weren't even alive yet. Not not living at so that point. So it's impressive that yeah. you even know the song. Oh, and and speaking of a little before my time, my other song was Basketball Jones. Now, not the Cheech and Chong version. It's Barry White featuring Chris Rock. Yes. It, it's incredible. I absolutely love it. When I was growing up, uh, and we're, we're going to talk about this movie here real quick. Space Jam was all all that mattered in my exactly. life. Yes. Um, my very first iPod Shuffle featured three things: um, "Switch" by Will Smith, mm-hmm. "Holla Back Girl" by Gwen Stefani, great song, and the entire Space Jam soundtrack that you probably listened to over and over again on road trips constantly. Yeah. And Basketball Jones was my favorite one because I thought that Chris Rock was the funniest person uh, of the world's history. Well, at that time, he was Lil Penny. Oh, yeah, he he was. was hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Now, I wasn't the only one who really liked songs off the Space Jam soundtrack. Gyro, you're a big fan of of a classic. What is the theme song? The theme song to Space Jam. Everybody get up. It's time to dance now. Got a real jam going now. Welcome to the Space Jam. Love it. Space Jam. So good. The song is awesome because people, it's it's weird that 21 years later, people are are, are still excited about that song. Space yes. Oh. Oh, man. Is that a, does that fall into if it hits I'm a genius? Are we starting oh, early? Oh, man. Are we Definitely. starting early? I think. I, okay, hold on. Can can we? I, I think this is can can be a thing that we keep on, but we have a deadline. A deadline official announcement. Give it to us now. Give us an out. Come on. Official. Two years. In two years. Make, so, it, make a, it a year. That's make a big a window. Make it a year and a half. Eighteen months. Eighteen, 18 months. months. We'll give it eighteen to you. months. In eighteen months, Space Jam Two will be announced. If it hits, 
Jaro's a genius. Absolutely. Uh, I feel a big segment of us discussing a brand new Space Jam, but we're going to leave that for another time. We'll leave it. Though I do want to talk about Space Jam. Okay. I want to talk about our favorite movies. Very nice. But, of course, not just our favorite movies. No, no, no. Favorite basketball movies. Correct. Of course, when I was three years old, this was the first VHS I ever owned, was Space Jam. Mm Mm-hmm. Really good. It was real great. I love Bugs Bunny. I love Porky Pig. And I love Miss Michael Jordan. As you should. It was amazing. I absolutely love Space Jam, as any kid in that era did. I, but I also have to mention this other movie. Is Coach Carter mm. now not widely regarded as one of the greater basketball movies of all time? Um, it's not really a basketball movie. It's more of a, a, a projects movie I would say basketball. A, I would say a life lessons movie. It Charlie. really is. It really is. I, I think Samuel Jackson is is real good. Is real good. Channing Tatum's in there. Didn't know that, did you? An early, early Channing, Channing. Tatum. early Channing, and it's it's a lot of fun. I really yeah. liked. I really liked Coach Carter. Yeah, I don't think it gets the love it deserves. Um, Along but, those same lines, yeah. I'm gonna give you my favorite basketball movies because I couldn't yes. just choose one. Oh well, I didn't either, so I'm not upset for you not. So doing that. I'll just give you the three right off the bat: mm-hmm. Blue Chips, The Air Up There. Hoosiers. Now the first two, the first two are definitely not the heartfelt, real deep down, get you right in the heart basketball movies. Now the Blue Chips movie was a huge Shaq fan growing up, and as soon as I saw him on a movie poster that had him dunking, I told my parents, I want to go to that movie immediately. (laughs) Now it was PG-13, and I was not old enough to go to see (laughs) PG-13 movies at the time, but Coming back later in life, my parents, you know what? Well, when it came out on VHS, my parents brought it to our house to watch mm-hmm. it with my parents. And I remember sitting down the first time and Nick Nolte swearing. And my mom was like, <laughs> oh, no, what have we done? But I was in. Like, I was so it's in. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah. So such a fantastic movie. Features Anthony Hardaway, who is my favorite basketball player in the mid-90s. Oh, nice. Shaquille O'Neal. Just a really cool movie about just the ins and outs of recruiting, kind of what that looks like now. It's mm-hmm. obviously not a actual portrayal but no. some of those things might actually happen in real life so really anything cool. like he got game <laughs> yeah a little bit like he got game uh maybe not as spike lee <laughs> no <laughs> but but very similar yeah, very yeah, similar. yeah um and then obviously uh the air up there kevin bacon goes over to africa i don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen the air up there i have not you need to check it out it's fantastic that kevin bacon fun. plays a college basketball coach goes over to africa Finds the next Dikembe Mutombo and brings yes. him back over. It's a really great movie, but there's oh, lots of things that happen within that whole plot line. So really cool movie. And then the classic Hoosiers is actually on last night before the uh, the game we'll get to later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Got oh, me yeah. all revved up and ready to go for some uh, Saturday Night NBA. But mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time, not just basketball movies, favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. To this day, I still get a little teary-eyed when it comes on. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm, I feel okay admitting that. <laughs> uh, but it's a fantastic movie. And for those of you who haven't seen those three that are basketball fans, go check those three out. Oh, yeah. Well, Hoosiers is definitely a classic. Col- uh, it, it, everybody goes to some of those um, classic movies. Dover, not one of those people. No. Dover loves this movie. And he's going to be real upset that I just called it not a classic. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you didn't. Call Not it an instant, instant classic, classic though. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dover, your favorite basketball movie? One of them. I do like all of them. 
all of these that we have mentioned already. Uh-huh. But I, um, a couple of years ago, um, uh, just rented Glory Road mm. on Netflix just to watch it. And I was just like, wow, this is a good college basketball movie. I'm strangely surprised. <laughs> Interesting. And then you watched it. Many other times. <laughs> when else do you watch this movie? Is there an annual event in which you watch it? Oh, yeah, I watch it every year before basketball season starts. College basketball. College basketball college season. College basketball yes. season yes. starts. Yes, very good. Oh, and then we, we also get into, now Dover and I will be setting up shop soon. We're in a new location for this. We have a March Madness Center where in the past years we've had two projectors, uh, 30-inch screens, 19-inch HD monitors, the whole nine yards, and in one of them we will have Glory Road playing. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're watching Drake versus Duke in the first round, and here's Glory Road. <laughs> yes. yes. It's a lot of fun. Oh, man, we love some of those movies, but and we love, we love talking about our favorite things, but we want to get to – what you're here to listen to. Exactly. And that's what happened in the NBA this week. I think we should start talking about it. I think we should hit the the mainline points, the main games, and some of the crazy stuff that happened throughout the week. All right, you ready? I'm ready. And here we go. Some of the great lines that we had over the week, the beginning of the week featured three triple doubles. Kyle Lowry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, John Wall, all point guards. Well, Giannis point guard-ish. Could Getting be. triple doubles, love seeing those guys really put up some numbers across the board. Really excited to see Giannis get his first triple double. Excited about that. Damian Lillard hit his fifth straight game with 30 points or more. He is dialed in right now. He is just locked and loaded from three, and he's getting to the rim, and he's playing at a very high level. Damian Lillard is also setting up C.J. McCollum versus Brooklyn. Both Dame and C.J. got 34 points, laid it on the nets. Their backcourt's nothing. James Harden, 42 points, but in a loss to the Utah Jazz, he's getting back to the rim, he's getting back to the foul line, he's getting back into form that he was in during that almost MVP season, but the team's still struggling along. Well, almost MVP, he didn't, he let, let it go to Steph Curry, the MVP. Last week, he had a great two days in Florida, where Steph and Clay combined for 75 versus Miami, and then he follows it up with 51 versus Orlando. Finally, Durant and Westbrook combined for 76 points versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Those guys are the engine that make that team go when they are both on like they were against the Pelicans. They are a tough team to match up against. Some of the great games that we had earlier in the week, the Clippers played the Suns, and the Clips won by 40. Just Sun. no Blake Griffin, no problem. Suns not doing great. They lost by 40. That was their 12th in a row. They went on to lose the 13th in a row before finally showing some light later on in the week. The Golden State Warriors on the path they are on, just destroying everybody, hit their 50th win of the season over the Atlanta Hawks on the 23rd. Just They are rolling, rolling, rolling right now. Oh, and the other night we had a classic game. Classic I mean, game. This was super entertaining. I couldn't get enough of it. It was I I was glued to my television. The Houston Rockets versus the Portland Trailblazers. Fantastic game. So much fun. Maybe the highlight of my NBA regular season ever. Oh, just lifetime. Couldn't get enough of it. So I mean, the best backcourt play we've seen ever. Yep. Probably. Maybe in the history of backcourts. I, I would say so. Not only that, Houston down 21 in the third. 
you know, trying to hit that thing that we've been talking about, the train wreck of a team. But you mm-hmm. know what? No, they're coming back. They yeah. held the Trailblazers to 12 points in the fourth quarter and made a big comeback. Houston was was down 21 in the third. That's when I had I was watching the game, and I was like, they hit a TV timeout, and I, I flipped the channel, and the office was on. And then I got yep. stuck on the office for like 15 minutes, and I flipped back, and they were not down 21. No, anymore. they were not. It was crazy that they went on that. The Portland went on that run. They went 14-4 and four run, and these were the guys who were on the court. The, these were the people who were on the court. C.J. McCollum, uh, Gerald Henderson, Myers Leonard, Alan Crabb, Ed Davis. Not a lot of guys you may know in there, unless you're an NBA nerd like us. If you noticed, I also did not say Damian Lillard. You did not. And they were playing against James Harden, who was out there trying to get buckets. Yes. James Harden, no quit out of that guy in that no, game. Absolutely not. Houston goes on a 31-10 to 10 run to end the third and start the fourth. Close the door after that. Classic NBA regular season game. Oh, Maybe the best so game. Not of the, Definitely the best game we had this week. Uh, hey guys, uh, what? What? I think you're forgetting about something. No, 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 no. We're talking. We're talking about the major games of the week. We pretty Did much you hit them. Watch this game, Rockets Blazers. You might want to look at the notes again. No, I'm. Looking I'm at the looking notes. right at them. I'm racking my brain of all the Hold games on. that happened this week. No, I'm. Hey, Dan, oh Dan, I'm right. I'm looking at the notes now. Oh yeah. 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 We forgot one. Or did we? Classic sleight of hand by Chuck P and Dan. Wow, way to just let loose the joke out. <laughs> just give up on the bit real quick. Love it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's great. No, that was great timing. All right, we're going to talk about the game everybody's been talking about. Yes. The Thunder versus the Warriors Saturday night. Oh. That response is appropriate. Man, that yeah. was a fun game. That was, like I said, jokingly about the Rockets and Trailblazers. This was the best. <laughs> and I hate to be a, a victim of the moment here, but I can't remember an NBA regular season game where both teams came out just ready to play a playoff level game. Oh, yeah. And so, you could tell yeah. from the beginning, the, just the attitude. I mean, I was I was actually at a party. I was at a going away party, and they had um, it was the Avalanche versus the Red Wings. They had the the ho- outdoor hockey game on, and I'm like, this this is this isn't happening, right? And I walked behind the TV and I changed the channel, and one guy went, "Why did we change the channel?" And everyone else in the party was like. Oh, the Thunder Warriors game is on. Right. And, and then go, you said that's why. I mean, then you said to him, because I'm about to make your life better because you're about to watch the best basketball of the season. And he better not have been upset with that because, no. man, we had a lot of fun. We really did. So set the scene for me last night. I was coming home from a long trip, long week from in Tucson, Arizona. Come home, get the chance to relax a little bit, turn on Hoosiers, catch the end of Hoosiers. And then, <laughs> and then I turn over to the game and I'm like, this is the best way to transition from Hoosiers game winning shot to this huge NBA regular season game. Mm -hmm. Charlie, what did you notice? Give me some points. Uh, Well, first off, I noticed, uh, holy crap, Russell Westbrook has an engine like no other. He plays so hard, so fast, all All of the time. No quit at any point in time. Um, I later in the game, I we were actually texting during the whole game because how could we not be texting during the whole game? 
But when we were looking through all of this stuff, I, I was honestly concerned when they did hit overtime. Right. I was like, I feel like Russell Westbrook has played 52 minutes already in a 48 minute game. Right. Because he's just been going so hard. And I, I was worried that he would just break down. Yeah. And man, that kid can play. I know we're on a very train laden theme recently, but the movie Snowpiercer is a very good way to describe Russell Westbrook's game. Cause he just goes and goes and goes and goes into this game. Mm-hmm. You know, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen Snowpiercer. He broke down toward the end. God, I didn't I haven't seen. I said spoiler. You gave you enough time to turn it off. That's true. I should have plugged my ear. Wait, when did that movie come out? 2014. Oh, wow. All right. That was not recent. In, that's not far away enough for us to not know that. Uh, I, I, Not enough spoiler alert there. But anyway, yeah. So Russell Westbrook, <laughs> right out the gate, you could feel the Oklahoma City fans. Mm-hmm amped up for something bigger than just hey this is you know after all-star break getting ready for playoff like they were dialed in and you could see the thunder feed off that to start the game uh had the warriors in some really tough situations offensively oh they were down 10 they were down 10 to start in the the first bit there in the first quarter and and clay was not off to a good start it was getting looks but just could knock anything down Mm -hmm. Russell was getting to the room, getting and ones, dropping it off to Serge Ibaka for easy layups, and then Kevin Durant was hitting threes out of the gate. And usually when that happens for the Thunder, it's usually so overwhelming for most teams in the NBA that you just can't come back because mm-hmm. those guys are dialed in and locked in. There's nothing you can do to combat those two when they're at their highest. Right. Unless you're the Golden State Warriors and you have the firepower that you have. Oh, yeah. There's one thing that you love to say when we watch basketball games together, Dan. Exactly. And, you know, especially early in the first quarter like that, there is no lead that is safe in the NBA. I don't care what game you're watching. I don't care who's playing. But Mm -hmm. there is no lead that is safe. And this definitely hit that chord last night. Do you think that uh, Kevin Durant was making a statement that he's he's not been part of the MVP no. uh, conversation so far. It's it's been dominated, and, and really there hasn't been a conversation about the MVP because Steph Curry's been so good. Right. Everyone, it, it's assumed lock. He's got it, no yeah. problem. You think Kevin Durant's saying, uh, "Hey guys, I'm still here." Well, I think he's done that throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. He's definitely wanted to say, "Hey, look, I'm back. Like I, my foot's fine." And right. everyone's asking him, "Hey, are you going to be on a miss restriction throughout the entire season?" He's like, "No, I'm I'm fine. I'm going to play." And he seems to ratchet it up even further when he plays the Warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, last season before he hurt his foot again against the Warriors, he had a really hot start, hitting threes, getting to the rim, going off the dribble. Did the same thing last night. He, he I think he takes it personally when he plays the Warriors. You can see it yeah. in his game. Oh, yeah. That, you know, Steph is this guy now who's the only player in the league that everyone wants to be like. But Durant is still a major face in the league and always in those MVP type discussions, but mm-hmm. he takes it very personally when he plays the Warriors. And it's kind of been his adage the entire time he's been in the league is he's always felt like he's number two. You know, right. He's drafted second. Mm-hmm. He he won the MVP, mm-hmm. but, you know, has never been a champion. Yeah, he was a runner-up. He's a runner-up. Against, against LeBron. Exactly. And now he's kind of in this secondary role to a Steph Curry where it's like, well, hey, if I'm going to be on this stage, I'm going to make sure everyone remembers – I'm one of those dangerous players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you love seeing big players show up in big moments. Uh, one player who I, w- I was real disappointed did not show up in that big moment. I love Draymond Green. Right. As a person who is a fan of the Warriors, right. I love Draymond Green, and I understand why everyone else in the NBA hates him. Yeah. And 
what he was doing in the first half. I mean, it, there was a lid on the bucket for him. Right. Is a guy who would have had another triple double had he just gotten a few shots to fall. Right. Oh, and eight from the field. And then he got real upset in the locker room. Correct. Yeah. So coming out of halftime, there was a report that he was just berating players coaches saying that i'm not a robot I'm not a robot i'm not a robot i'm not a robot he's Love not that. a robot i'm glad we established glad that. we established it and i don't you know we're not inside the locker room we don't know the game plan going in we don't know what they're saying hey draymond you're gonna be a a set screener tonight you're gonna mm-hmm. get steph and clay into our offense tonight you're going to be the guy that's going to pass the ball and move it from side to side for mm-hmm. us tonight and it sounded like, just from his reaction, I'm not a robot. It's like, hey, you're not shooting the ball tonight. Which right. I don't think you'd say that to him. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, it sounds like that kind of outburst has to come from somewhere. Right. Um, and from what the, the reports were on the ABC broadcast last night, that mm-hmm. it was a quite intense locker room. Question for you. Yeah. Huh? If you're sitting in that locker room yeah. and Draymond Green starts going berserk, Mm-hmm. What is your response? Now, that depends. Yeah. It, when I'm in that locker room, am I A, Steph Curry? Am I B, um, like Luke Walton? Okay. Or am I C, Brandon Rush? All three. All three. All right. If I am all three of these people at the same time, I'm first trying to Not at the out, same time. We'll go oh, one by one. Oh, Let's oh, go one each, by one. Each by each. Okay. So I'm Steph Curry. You, you know that. Draymond Green is the alpha dog of this locker room. He is the attitude. He sets that bar. I think Steph Curry, as the best player on the best team, has to be able to stand up to him. As hard as that is, especially for Draymond Green, you've got to say something. You've got to get in somebody's face about what an attitude should be and, and what your role should be, knowing your role. Or... I think that that may go to Andre Iguodala, somebody who has right. shown maturity. He's a veteran in this league. He's yeah, he was the one who came off the bench last year, and he came off the bench, and then he was a Finals MVP. Right. You know, he's a guy who understands a humble attitude in the NBA. He might be one somebody to say something. Mm-hmm. If I am Luke Walton, I am uh, grabbing Sean Livingston. And I'm grabbing Andrew Bogut, and I'm going, hey, guys, uh, I think we need to go over our sets for the second half. You see, uh, and I am trying to distract everybody from what's going on. I'm saying, oh, we're going to work on these two things. Um, you know, Bogut, we're really getting killed down low. I think we need to, whatever. I, yeah, I, yeah. If I'm Luke Walton, I'm, I'm getting out of that way. If I'm Brandon Rush, I am picking up a box of popcorn. And, just, <laughs> I'm and if anybody down. asks where did that popcorn from, you just shrug your shoulders and just shrug shoulders, not even man. say a word. Man, yeah. if I if I'm Brandon Rush, first off, if you're Brandon Rush, you are on the greatest basketball team of all time. Right. Uh, Ooh, bold statement. Yeah. Well, Interesting. We'll go back we'll, to that. We'll, we'll talk about that some other time. You are on one of the greatest basketball teams of all time, my opinion. We'll talk about that later. Uh, you get to ride this amazing thing. Brandon Rush, not saying he's not a good basketball player. He does not have a necessary role on this team right now. Yeah. And he's in he has to be enjoying being part of this team. And so if you are him, you are not making anyone upset at nope. all with anything. Nope. You are sitting there and you are and you are playing nice and you're gonna eat your popcorn and you're gonna be quiet. Exactly. You're just gonna watch what happens. Yeah, you and enjoy those, the show. It's funny, you know, for those who've like never been. In, no, I haven't been in a locker room at that level, but I've been no. in it 
at a level that is very competitive and mm-hmm. it's a high level of you know division three basketball and sometimes those outbursts actually are really good mm-hmm. like so the warriors have been on this incredible run it's kind of just been happy-go-lucky everything's kind of falling in place everything's going perfectly right that these kind of outbursts by a guy who is your leader emotionally kind of energize the team whether yeah. it's you know it may not be pointed in the correct direction all the time but just any type of emotion that heightens everybody in the room mm-hmm. kind of is like a kick in the butt to say all right you know we're not playing super well to start this game oklahoma city is really playing well they are on a really good run right now and we are struggling right so it's sometimes those kind of things that get guys moving in the right direction it's almost like if a if a head coach gets a technical foul mm-hmm. sometimes they'll do it on purpose something like, okay you know i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a take i'm gonna tee here and explode mm-hmm. right so hopefully the guys respond to me exploding and oh yeah like here so it almost it's is like one of those things thing. it's an attitude thing it's morale it's morale it's guys seeing any type of energy to latch onto and then take it out and play yeah now it can go one or two ways it can go the way that it did saturday night for the warriors or it can kind of spiral out of control, and then we've got to have team meetings. We have to discuss what happened. But what heals that kind of outburst? I don't know. Wins. Winning? <laughs> if you win, that gets brushed under the rug. It's, hey, he's emotional. We'll just chalk it up to that. But nope. if you lose, it is he is a bad guy. Now, not not for yeah. the Warriors, because right. they are on such a great run right now. But if, it, if it's a team in lower portion of the nba standings he's a bad guy he's Mm -hmm. a problem you know boogie cousin gets this yeah yeah i think so if boogie cousins were playing for the warriors and they were what they're doing what they're doing now boogie would be a completely different person as far as media wise yeah he wouldn't be ostracized like no exactly exactly so it's so funny how those kind of things can be you know manipulated and thought Hey, this is a bad thing. This is a good thing. This, in this case, you know, getting the W, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Right. Um, question for you. Uh oh. Second half of that game. Keep doing that. Did so. your heart drop a little bit? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Here was the problem: is um, Steph Curry when he when he got stepped on yeah. by. Now I'm not. I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook stepped on him. Yeah. But when when he got his ankle rolled, uh, I. I freaked out as you should have. In fact, uh, everyone uh, that I was hanging out with at, at the party that we were at, and eventually I left because I, I couldn't handle the stress of other people around me while I was watching this game. Right. But I, I saw that and um, my mother would not have been proud of the words I was saying. Uh, many expletives, many, many uh, angry, angry words. Similar words that Draymond Green is using at halftime? Oh, pr- probably. I did not yell about my state of whether or not I was a robot. No, you um, kept that yeah. kept that clean. Well, no comment. Um, but I could not, I, I was, I couldn't bear it. I almost couldn't watch it. I was so worried because he, he is uh, the, the most important part of this team, obviously. Right. Um, to see him go out would be so detrimental, not just as a fan of the Warriors, but as a fan of good basketball. Yeah. This is a team that is historically good. Yeah. And to see that run stop because of a, a rolled ankle to Steph Curry would just be terrible. Right. If if something major had happened, I would have I would have been so upset. And and here was the real kicker is when he was out, man, no one was making threes. No. It's it nobody on the Nobody on the Golden State Warriors made a three-pointer 
until the final minute or so when Clay Thompson finally nailed his. Gotcha. Um, he he made a pair near the end there, but nobody else made a single three pointer. Yeah, and that was real discouraging. But the, what they did though. Mm-hmm. Is they just stayed afloat? They yeah, stayed they in striking distance. They stayed with it. They stayed in a spot where they could get back into the game if Steph was able to come back. Now I'm surprised mm-hmm. that they did bring him back. Are you really? I am, only because of how. And I know he's had the ankle trouble in the past. Right. Right. And now I know this was a very intense game, very important. And I know the Warriors are chasing something bigger than just this season they're chasing a legacy mm-hmm. however in an age where we see stars resting in an age where we see guys not playing you know 40 minutes a night we're seeing guys kind of reared back and minutes monitored and you know being smarter about how often these guys are playing mm-hmm. when you see an injury like that that you know has happened to just about any guy playing basketball and it feels like someone just ripped off of your ripped your foot ripped your foot off of your leg right sorry about that <laughs> that you would think okay even if he's okay, let's just be easy about this. You know, we don't want to make anything that's going to be worse for, you know, six weeks from now as opposed to just getting this win tonight. Now, right. those wins are important because you could tell OKC was out to prove a point. Oh, yeah. So it's it's good that they were able to get him back in the game. But I was very surprised when he came out of the locker room and was mm-hmm. at the scores table. I, I was ta- very taken back. Didn't yeah. think he would be returning to the game after an ankle injury that looked very bad. I was uh, through the roof, actually. Yeah. I uh, screamed a little yeah, bit. As you should have. Very excited to see that he was okay enough to come back into the game. Right. Very excited about that. Well, and then not only that, you know, you have the start of the second half after, and this is a classic adage for shooters. You know, yeah. Clay Thompson struggled to start the game. Yep. But I remember this Kept was going. something my, my head coach had told a lot of guys that mm-hmm. I played with, you know, that were, that could just stroke it. Said, look, shoot yourself out of it. Just keep yep. it going. Now, you, now you'd have a game where you'd go maybe two of 15, two of 16. It's just a bad night. Mm-hmm. But shooters have to shoot to get themselves back into a rhythm. And it's funny, as soon as he got himself into a little rhythm, he started hitting fallaways. Mm-hmm. He started hitting the catch and shoot threes. Yep. The thing that he does that I cannot get over, and as a shooter, it's almost impossible to do. So the fact that he does it, obviously, you know, he's one of the best shooters to ever play. Right. Wherever he catches it, mm-hmm. he shoots it from. Oh, so yeah. if you notice, sometimes he'll catch it along the left side of his shoulder. He's pulling it from there into his jump shot. Right. He catches it high. He doesn't dip it down below his waist. He brings it in from almost exactly where he catches it from. He gets it into that shooting pocket. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable to watch. So if you're watching Clay Thompson, you see him catch like an errant pass and shoot it from where he caught it from. Yeah. What he's doing is almost impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Most guys will dip that or move it and get it to a spot that's more comfortable. He just gets it to the shooting pocket without having to dip it or move it at all. And it's so fun to watch. Which makes him so lethal. The exactly. fact that his release is so quick. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, all, uh, it, it's unbelievable to watch. Yeah. I agree completely. Um, one thing I, I noticed, well, I think everybody noticed how badly the Warriors got out-rebounded. It was by 30. Right. And if you noticed, Andrew Bogut did not see a lot of playing time in the second no, half. No, he did not. Not very much at all. It, I was not blown away. I wasn't surprised that there was a focus, like whatever, rebounds don't care. Yeah. I think that a lot of it may have been the fact that 
the bucket or buckets just weren't going in. No, the ball wasn't going in the hoop. Right for the Warriors, that created a lot of opportunities for rebounds. I think that that's a big part of it. Yeah, but I I like the fact that they stuck to a smaller lineup. They're getting out rebounded. They're like, you know what? We'll just win another way. Yeah, that's I think that's all Steve Kerr. Correct. I, St- people don't give enough credit to Steve Kerr. I think that everyone's like, well, you know, he took over for a team that you know every all the pieces were already there. I think that's ridiculous. Well, he, I mean, the pieces were there. But they had what to be he used but what he has done, we were texting yeah. a little bit about this mm-hmm. um, during the game, is what he has implemented with that team has been so drastically different than what was there in a regime previous right. to Steve Kerr. Yeah. That was a lot of ISO ball, a mm-hmm. lot of stopping the ball, a lot of high ball screen, and yeah. that's about it. Mm-hmm. Now, they still do a lot of those things. It's a lot less of the ISO and mm-hmm. a lot more of the free-flowing, passing, moving, Which is just cutting, beautiful. Which is very beautiful. A lot of pin-down screens mm-hmm. that get Clay going you know, baseline to baseline. A lot of Steph. You have to play him so far out, and you have to go so far away that it creates so much space. And you see a lot of that dumping the Draymond where he can kind of attack the middle and bring help side and kick it to either corner. Uh, but one thing I want to touch on real quick, though, mm-hmm. other reason why I thought Steph wasn't going to come back into the game is if there is a team that can lose a guy like Steph Curry and still be dangerous, it's the Warriors. Yeah. Because you can just move Sean Livingston right into that starting spot. Now, he's not mm-hmm. Steph Curry. I don't want to yeah, say he's not, Sean. He's not the I'm shooter. He's not going to say Sean Livingston yeah. is Steph Curry. <laughs> but the Warriors do have that luxury of a guy that you can just plug in and be completely comfortable with if you have to change his role from a guy that's coming off a bench getting 25 minutes a game to a, oh, he's got to start now and get 39 minutes. They have an adult as their backup point guard. And they also have a guy who's an adult playing the off guard yeah. in Leandro Barbosa, mm-hmm. who again has been in big moments and can move into that kind of role if they absolutely had to have somebody move there. But I kind of digress there, but yeah. I wanted to touch on that. No, so that's, that's why, I again, like I didn't see Steph Curry coming back in that mm-hmm. game because they have options with guys. So we're talking about the changes that happened between Kerr and Jackson when the coaching change happened for the Warriors. Let's go to the other side of the ball for OKC. You've noticed a bit of a change for the end of games between Brooks and Donovan now. What are you seeing from OKC, Dan? Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I wish I was seeing a change. The reason they Ooh. brought in a Billy Donovan mm-hmm was end of game the thunder were so predictable they had a pin down play where they'd have durant on the block and they still do this they did the exact same play last night it's a pin down play where you get both bigs on the left side of the floor russell westbrook one-on-one on top and you have a down screen to kevin durant where he can choose to come off that screen he can choose to fake and come off and throw a lob to him Mm -hmm. but you get it in a help and recover situation or you get it into a switching situation where you have a smaller player on kevin durant now most of the time you're going to have a smaller player on kevin durant regardless but you're getting him the ball on the right block Mm -hmm. which is or the right elbow which is where he wants to catch it late in the game and i was hoping with the movement to a billy donovan there will be more imagination what they're going to do offensively Mm -hmm. late in game for the final three minutes and 16 seconds, or sorry, I lied, from the five-minute mark until the one-minute mark, 0 for 7 from the field. Mm. And the offense was so discombobulated. I don't know if you noticed this. The yeah. Warriors kept pushing the Oklahoma City offense further and further and further and further away, yep. creating a real big issue with what they're trying to do with that pin-down play. And a lot of times, it was just a ball screen with – uh, Westbrook and Durant mm-hmm. and they were trying to get Steph Curry involved but since they were starting so far away they couldn't get into an offense and they couldn't get help or they couldn't get Steph into a switching situation 
again, no imagination of what they're trying to do. This is exactly right. what they've been doing under Scott Brooks. And the reason why they were trying to get away from that and try to, you know, create something in the half court late in games to get them buckets. And they could not do it last night. I was watching the Scott Brooks coached Oklahoma City Thunder last night late in the game, as opposed to this new regime of Billy Donovan in OKC. Yeah, the final four minutes of the game, the Oklahoma City Thunder scored two field goals. Right. They had that, that Serge Ibaka um, mid-ranger, and then, of course, you had Durant's three near the end Which there. I thought was the Onions shot. Oh, it was real I actually good. texted Onions to a oh, bunch of people. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you texted Onions. I did. I did. I sent a text to uh, one buddy, and I just said, that's it, period. Yeah. Now, I didn't go full-fledged on it. And it's a darn good thing, too, because Clay Thompson, he got that quick two. Right. And on the transition, Durant gets the ball. It's trapped in, trapped down low. Can't get rid of it or can't can't keep on it. Don't know why they didn't call a timeout. I think that one's on the coach. Just saying. Yeah. Um, ball ends up in Andre Godala's hands. Goes down the court. Goes up. Doesn't go. But, but there's the whistle. Yeah, we texted about this a little bit during yeah, the game last night, and it's funny. I am very surprised they called that late in the game. I am too. I was too. I was now really shocked. Two possessions before, you had a really poor call on Russell Westbrook that got them free throws and then you had a foul on Steph Curry mm -hmm. that got them free throws so yeah. that was kind of okay we had the makeups now okay we're even two yeah. bad calls but now we're looking at a final second shot where there is a graze mm -hmm. from Durant on Andre Godala and I was very surprised he blew the whistle on it especially at home in OKC yeah I was very same. surprised and what that did was gave Kevin Durant his fifth foul which was a big problem for the Thunder. So we go into overtime, and Kevin Durant, I mean, they, they go up five to start the overtime period, but... Real fast out of the gate. Oh, I that was what made me scared. And then Durant goes out, and who comes in to save the day for the Thunder? But Kyle Singler. Right. Yeah, so that was a problem. Big problem. <laughs> Speaking of problems for the Thunder, they have been trying to find someone to put into that shooting guard slot that can... You know, be a knockdown corner shooter and then defend on the other end. I thought Roberson played a very key role in that mm -hmm. overtime and yeah. showed up a little bit up a little bit offensively, but he is not a long term fix for them. They need to find a guy that can just. I mean, obviously the Thunder know this. Yeah, I'm not the first person to say, "Hey, Thunder guys, you need to find a, a guy that can <laughs> defend the wing and shoot the three. Yeah, it's just like a competent NBA player on offense. But mm -hmm. it is a real problem. They've tried Deion Waiters there. They've tried. They just picked up Randy Foy there. They tried Karan Butler there. They tried to move Reggie Jackson to the one and Russell the two there. Yeah, they've tried so many combinations of guys to try to put in that shooting guard spot, and they have not been able to find it. And I think that's what's holding them back from really being able to take on the Warriors teams and really knock those guys off. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, over time, Durant goes out, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, no. Now, quick point I'll make. Yeah. I think Draymond Green made the play of the game. Really? Play of the game, in my mm. opinion. Uh-huh. First possession of overtime, Russell comes off that double high ball screen. Yeah. And attacks the rim. And you've seen this from him so many times where he cups it in that right hand hammers it right and goes berserk uh-huh i think he, he fouls got, him now he fouled him and got the end one yeah but i think that didn't foul, get the dunk but he didn't get the dunk didn't get the dunk. i think if he gets the dunk the it's fans over. go nuts and they went nuts for the end one mm -hmm. but if he gets his vintage one hand rocket back hammer it dunk mm -hmm. 
I think Russell and the whole fans go berserk, and I think the Warriors go home with a loss. Now, we've been going real long on this game, but we yeah, can't sorry. talk about it without talking about Steph Curry's uh, overtime performance. It's just a performance in general. Oh, you, the whole the whole yeah. part. I mean, I called it his Isaiah Thomas game. He rolled his ankle, he comes back, right. and he yes. kills it. Yes. Uh, I'll let he, you jump in because I've been jumping in a lot, oh, and yeah. this is your boy, so I want to let you talk oh, about it. I love watching Steph go. And, and Steph, I think he finally – I don't think he finally – I think Steph realized that no one else was making threes – and this was him. It's all him. And I also think he wanted to make Russell Westbrook work. Uh, so he he saw that Russell Westbrook is the guy on offense. Now that Durant's out, that they're relying on Andre Roberson. So let's put Westbrook to work on on D. Let's see what he can do. Let's what 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 switches will happen. What have you? But Steph Curry. He ties the record for most threes in a game. Which I'm sorry, he needs to hit. 13 at some point he hits 12 and he ties it with uh kobe bryant but he needs to hit 13 that way we don't have to talk about danielle marshall anymore right <laughs> the fact that every time somebody's going up and getting a lot of threes in one game and we have to talk about kobe bryant and danielle marshall <laughs> danielle marshall <laughs> it's, it's that's one of the most shocking stats in the history of the nba correct he he ties that record he also breaks his own record for threes in a season and we've got 20 plus games left he's gonna obliterate that record he's a monster yeah i can't make those shots with him in video games he's better than video games he's better than video games he that's a really good way of putting it with six seconds left he come he's strolling down the court because he knows he can hit that shot. And he yes. pulls up from 32, and Enos Cantor, while the ball's in the air, goes, oh, no. Because everybody knows. Buckets. Everybody knew as soon buckets. as he casually strolled up the floor mm -hmm. and pulled it from 800 feet from beyond the arc. I know that wasn't the correct space. <laughs> it but it felt like it. Probably 800. But no problem. <laughs> and as soon as he goes to pull it, everybody's thought, my thought, I think everybody – on planet earth watching that game well, that's it you know which when is ridiculous to yeah. think from how far away you shot it from and that's it that's got it but like you know when you're watching a, a comedy special by yourself you, it's funny and you recognize that it's funny you're not laughing out loud right right because you're by yourself you, you don't need to have that reaction when you're watching a game it's a similar process maybe you're on twitter maybe you're freaking out on twitter but you're not really saying anything when he nailed that shot i dropped everything in my hands and yelled what happening oh my gosh i screamed which is an appropriate response i was i was i ran back and forth four times i'm so glad i went home i went home and i was by myself in my home and i was just yelling at my television and then at my phone and then texting everybody i knew in all caps what is happening this is incredible that might have been the greatest three-pointer anybody's ever made in a regular season game i think i'll agree with it all right we'll I, go back and check the records lots oh of threes man. made in regular season games but we'll check the records <laughs> we'll check them this week we'll check <laughs> check steph, them all steph curry is unbelievable he is a, a talent like no other and we have a lot of people talking about steph curry we have a lot of people talking about steph curry a lot of people this week talking about steph yeah curry. two two legends uh, we'll, we'll get to the second legend. I just think it's real fun. The first one, Mike and Mike had Oscar Robertson and NBA hall of famer, hall average of a triple double for a season, NBA champion. The guy is an NBA legend. 
phenomenal player. When he was when he was ending his career, a lot of people were talk having the conversation, who's the best player ever? And he was near the top of the list. Quick interjection. Yeah. When I was in fourth grade, we had to do a a presentation with about historical people. Mm-hmm. I and I only did that, but we had to dress up with that person and give the presentation to the class. I was Oscar Robertson. Wow. Yeah. I did an Oscar Robertson presentation as a fourth grader. I'm so, I'm so very impressed right now. Yeah. That's incredible. My teacher liked the presentation, but when I told her I wanted to be Oscar Robertson, she said, who is that? <laughs> and made me write a report before I could do it to even justify doing Oscar Robertson as a historical figure. Oh, man. Well, that's incredible. Well, Oscar Robertson, I, I love him, but there may be a chance he's stuck back in the past. He comments on Mike and Mike about what he thought of today's NBA, what he thought of Steph Curry. Now he was asked if Steph Curry was the best shooter of all time. And he says, there have been a lot of great shooters in the past, but here again, when I played years ago, if you shot outside and hit it the next time, I'm going to be up on top of you. I'm going to pressure you with three quarters, half court defense, but now they don't do that. These coaches do not understand the game of basketball as far as I'm concerned. So really, Oscar, taking two shots here. Yeah. Taking a shot A at whether or not Steph Curry really is the greatest shooter he's seen by saying, well, there's been some very good ones. Uh, he's also saying he's also taking pot shots at coaches now. Right. Like they don't know that Steph Curry's incredible. But right. I, I'm oh, be- hey. Just pick him up full court. Really? Just pick him up. Just pick him up from back. There's no one's thought to try that. Just yeah. pick him up. Just not only is he the best shooter of all time, but he's probably up there as one of the best ball handlers of all time. So just pick Boy him up. Boy can finish. Just he pick him finish. up. Yeah. Just pick uh, him up. You think you think from 32 feet, uh, Oscar Robertson would have been right up on him at the end of the last game? No, because he would have been up there at 60 feet. Because <laughs> he just picked him up full court the entire way. My 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 opinion on, on Oscar Robertson's... Yeah, Charlie, uh, Chuck, tell me how you really feel. How do I really feel? Let's bring it in. How do I really feel? It can be summed up in four words. Get off my lawn. Yeah. I'm thinking Oscar Robertson is a grumpy man right now. Now, Oscar Robinson, this is not a, a secret. This is something that people know. A bit looking out for himself. Could bit, be. bit, bit. I, I'm the important guy on the team. I've, we've, we've all read upon our history of Oscar Robinson, especially into this week. Everyone wants to make comments. Seem like they're they're the smartest guy with it. I, I remember reading Bill Simmons' uh, book of basketball, right? And him talking a lot about how Oscar Robinson was very me focused, and I'm still thinking that he is. We're having conversations about greatest ever. We do it every four days. There's a new greatest ever. Who's your starting something. five of all time? Starting five, your top five. Your Mount Rushmore of whatever's. Right. And he slowly, as as the new generation of media members are taking over, and and new generations of people are being part of the conversation, whether it's with Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, Shoot the guys new like social us. Social media. Oh yeah, right here in this. We are not the ones who have seen Oscar Robertson. So we are not representing that. And I think he's upset because people are getting old and people aren't talking about him anymore. And so I, I'm thinking he's grumpy and he wanted to say, get off my lawn. You know, who was good. You know, it was me. It was me. I was real good. I was real good. All the respect in the world to his game. I think these comments were a bit ignorant. I think I would agree with that. Actually, I don't think I know. <laughs> and it's a bummer. 
because he is such a legend of the game. Mm-hmm. He's the only player to ever average a triple double for a season. Yeah, and you know his stats and his legacy speaks for itself. But it's kind of this. It's it's funny how the game has turned from we're watching something really cool to oh we can't we can't like this because it wasn't how I played. Like I was rock, I was talking like a Oscar Robinson. It's not how we played. So what they're let's diminish what they're doing because it's not how I played. Mm-hmm. And it's you know there's there's two ways to it. There's two streets to it. There's definitely two opinions to it. You know, mm-hmm. someone going back I don't I don't know if they would say yes I would prefer that brand of basketball but this brand of basketball now is really smart really fun and really great to watch absolutely and it's sad to see that someone who has kind of laid the groundwork for mm-hmm. a guy like Steph can't embrace him and has to tear him down as opposed to building up the game of basketball in general Another legend that we had commenting on uh, Steph Curry's game was the legendary coach Phil Jackson. Oh yes. I don't know if you anybody saw this tweet, but he said, uh, "This is I'm just quoting his tweet right here. Never seen anything like Steph Curry. Remind you of who's the player going to be? Who's the player? Be? Chris Jackson, aka Mohammed Abdul Rauf, who played a short but brilliant run in the NBA. I'm going to level with you, Dan. Yeah." I had no idea who he was talking about. Well, I'll level with you. <laughs> he was incredible. So All he right. played on the LSU team with Shaquille O'Neal in college. Yes. He was. Oh, I did my research. Oh, now you did. I know. Now I know, you know. everything about yes. him now. As you should. Uh-huh. I think it'd be interesting if you were to put him in today's NBA game. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't do what Steph's doing, but he would be a he, very prominent player in the league, talent wise. Yeah. But yeah, he's not shooter. He wouldn't be doing. He wouldn't wouldn't be doing what Steph is doing. But mm-hmm. a prominent, elite point guard in the NBA in today's game. That's wonderful. Give it to me though. Give, give what to you though? The, your Chris Jackson. What did you learn? What did you find out? My Chris Jackson. Well, I did learn that he was the league leader in free throw percentage twice. Yep. He once shot two hundred plus and only missed ten. That's pretty high. That's pretty good. He was like 93%. That's good. 90.5% in another year. He also went, I mean, he was 39% shooter. In his best year, 39% from three. Now, this was a league where three-point shooters wasn't, three-point shooting wasn't the focus. Right. Ground and pound, man. Like (laughs) Two bigs, let's get it down to the block, let's get it to the paint. Yeah. Whatever we can do to get down there. It was a different league. Yeah. You know, and and so I, I did learn a bit that he he was a good shooter. He was yeah. a solid guy from outside and even in a league where they didn't have that focus, he was shooting 39%. I'd love to see what he could do now. Yeah. Uh I'd love to see Cuz you know what no hand check. No hand check. No of hand course. check. If you were well, fast and athletic, the hand check just ruined you. You couldn't play <laughs> basketball. Right. As soon as you got hand checked, couldn't do anything. It's game over. Exactly. Love it. Well, we've had a lot of other things that we wanted to talk about throughout the week. We're just going to hit quick notes real quick. First one, we know that Deionis Montiunis is not on the Pistons right now. Which is a bummer. So people can stop emailing us about it. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, our bad. We recorded on a Sunday, and yeah. then it was voided the next day. Yeah. And then we put it up, and we looked a little foolish. Uh, Pistons trade was voided. We got it. Yes. Uh, next guy who's back, uh, Jimmer, back in the league. It's about time. 10-day contract. He's back in. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Anderson Verjao to the Warriors might have stumbled his way into a championship ring finding his way to Golden State. Weirdly, Festus Azili insurance. 
I love that they needed Festus Azili insurance. Exactly. David Lee going to the Mavericks, I think he can provide some leadership off the bench. I think he can pro- provide some scoring off the bench. That is, if he's going to come off the bench. I don't know if the Mavericks know what they're going to do with him yet. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, uh, one of my favorite ones I have this week, Andre Miller waved, but then picked up by the Spurs. So let's just bring in all the elder statesmen and make a team. I love it. Well, the only one that they didn't pick up was Joe Johnson. They Speaking didn't. of elder statesmen, Joe, Joe Johnson waived by the Nets going to the Heat. I, I think now Binu Odry is out for the year. Right. They lose some guard depth. I think it's real fun to bring in ISO Joe. Yes. I, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I, I think, do they just go no point guard and uh, never move the ball ever between him and Dwayne Wade? Well, it's such a bummer because – Goran Dragic is such a good player with the ball in his hands and sets guys up so well. And if you bring in another guy that's a ball stopper and will not move it and mm-hmm. not keep the pace going, it's just going to be hard to watch. But, you know, they bring him in. Hopefully they're in the fourth seed right now in the East. You know, he's played in 87 career playoff games. He's averaging 17.3 points a game in the playoffs, 43% from the field in the playoffs, 33 or 35% from three. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who's been there. He's made big shots in the playoffs. A lot of teams were trying to get their hands on him. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised he chose Miami over the likes of OKC, who would have filled that oh shooting guard gosh. spot that oh we were talking my about. Gosh. You know, <laughs> the um, the Cavs were on hot pursuit of him. Mm-hmm. Lots of teams that were in playoff and championship content- contention going after him. I was very surprised with the Heat choosing or the Joe Johnson choosing the Heat. So, you know, could be a good fit, but just so many ball stoppers, so many ball-dominant guys in Miami. It'll be an interesting to see if they can figure out in a short window how to incorporate all these guys. Now, this was our first full week of NBA action. We didn't have our big events. We, there was no All-Star game, trade deadline. We're working out the kinks on how we're going to run our show throughout the season. We're evolving. We're growing. If you have feedback, you can reach out to us. We'll plug that stuff later. We're hitting the end of our show right now. And what we like to do at the end of our show? like to play some games. So, what we're going to do... Hit up some trivia. Over to Gyro. Trivia time. Give us the trivia. Oh, this is a game. Uh, I'm not ready, but I'm ready. Okay, so Steph Curry broke the in-season record uh-huh. for threes. Yes. He did. We're going to go... His own. That's uh, made three-pointers. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Here what we are we go. doing? Attempted three-pointers. Attempted three-pointers. Attempted three-pointers in-season. What player? Player. What player? And then the uh, bonus point is the number of first. Oh, oh man! Attempted. Attempted. This player. is a good question. And oh, another man. bonus point if you get the season. Oh wow! I don't. That sounds outrageous. Um. Jeez, see, I'm, I want to. I, I want to think it's recent because you know three pointers have been just more and more and more as we keep going. But I, I gotta. I, I really want to believe. That like right when it was introduced, like what was it in, in the late seventies? Somebody just there was one it. guy who was just every single game, just, every position. This is all I want to do. This is all I want to do. This is only the only reason why I'm here is to do this. Oh man, I'm real struggling. You know what? I'm just gonna. I don't even care. I'm gonna make my choice. Yeah, I'm just gonna make a choice too, and we'll see what happens. Okay, I have mine down. Dan, you go first because I'm embarrassed. Well. Knowing that, since I'm not exactly sure who it is, mm-hmm. I decided to go with just a a guy that I like a mm-hmm. lot. 
Let's go Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues decided to just one season, let it fly from mm-hmm. three. He's like, you know what? I've had enough. Enough people are telling <laughs> yeah. me that I can't play this game, that I'm too short. Guess <laughs> what? I'm just going to shoot 500. No. 873 <laughs> three-pointers. What a joke. <laughs> Muggsy Bogues attempted 873 three-pointers in the 1994-1995 season. That is my answer. Oh, man. And then they put him in the movie Space Jam. Exactly. <laughs> because they said, we can't leave this guy out. He's taken so many threes. So many threes. We got to get him in here. Uh, I went with what I thought was the safest bet possible. Uh, who's made the most? Steph Curry. Who shot the most? Steph Curry, maybe he did. I'm thinking last year, what did I don't know? He I don't know. Fly. 648. That's my number. 648. And and it's Steph Curry in the 2014-15 season. Uh, well, sorry, you're you're almost there. Oh, correct. Wait, with what number? Number three, Steph Curry. Oh, Steph Curry. George McLeod. Oh, Stop it. George McLeod. No. Yeah. Whoa. Bonus. In the 95, 96. Oh, oh so you off. get the other bonus. Uh, who's number two? Ray Allen. Ray that, was, Allen. That, that was my first guess. That was my first thought, but I was like, nah, man. But he's so efficient. So he's yeah, so that's efficient. What I was, I was like, there's no way he just jacked him up. He's mm-hmm. too efficient. Man. Oh, man. Well, how many did Ray Allen have and what season was that? Uh, 653 in the 05, 06. Got it. All right. Well. Uh, we each get a bonus on that. So, uh, based on our bonus points, Dan, you are up three to two on me for the year. Again, that was a gimme too. I gave you this week because I just threw Muggsy Bogues out there. Yeah, but you you still. I mean, I I didn't get the the name. I just got it on the bonus there, man. Yeah. Uh, we want to hit our other game. It's if it hits, I'm a genius. We want to go over last week's predictions. Last week, Dan, you thought that Jeff Green would average 16 points a game over his. Three games that he had. He was so close. So close. 15.3. 15.3. You thought it was 16. 15.3. Just, Just off. 0.7 off. Just you were real close. Off. I was also pretty close. I had Andre Drummond. Uh, that Saturday night game, I thought he would do 22 rebounds. He started out first quarter. He had nine. I'm like, ooh, looking it's good. It's a lock. That'd I'm going to be a genius. Yes. 17 rebounds. Not quite there. Not quite. Five off. Um, but speaking of not quite, uh, oh, Jeremy. Let's just, let's just Oh, man. Jeremy, I had friends who were rooting for OKC, not because they liked the Thunder or disliked the Warriors, but because they wanted to see you be right. And what? you were not even close. Oh, no, I wasn't. No. You were uh, about 28 points off. But, but remember, if, if something actually happens, you'll be right. Yeah, he you will true. be a genius. It's this true. week, let's look at what we're thinking. Dan, you, you teased something to me earlier, and I really want to hear it. And I, t- I made you hold off. Made me hold off. So what do we got? Well, you know, we have all these 50-point games that have been happening over the mm-hmm. last couple weeks. You had Dame Lillard. You had uh, Anthony Davis. You had Steph Curry. You know who's not been in the mix? Our buddy, James Harden, on that train wreck of a team that is the Houston Rockets. Yeah. He's been close, 42-46 and 46 last week. I'm really thinking he's just had enough. He said, look, I'm out of the Khloe Kardashian sweepstakes. <laughs> Let me get 50 <laughs> Our team is done. Let me just put some buckets up. So I think James Harden's going to go for 50 this week in a game. 
It just in any game. Any game, any James game Harden. James Harden will hit fifty. Do you have to register to get out of the Khloe Kardashian uh, sweepstakes? Because I I think I need to do that right now. You probably should. Okay. I think there is a link on the internet somewhere. All right. I'll I'll Google it, and if I find it, I'll let you guys know. Um, mine. We talked about ISO Joe going to the Miami Heat. I want to see ISO Joe really pull it out. I'm thinking. He hits a game winner over the Bulls Ooh, in Tuesday's game. Game winner. I'm I'm calling. He, he's a, he's been a big shot guy for a while. I think he wants to show Miami he can do it. And That's a double whammy. Now the fact that put if he's on the court, we'll see what happens. But double whammy. So yeah, they give him end of game privileges being a new member of the yep. team. I like that. Oh, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, guess what? Real tough. Not anymore. Oh, I'm Joe thinking, Johnson. I'm thinking they might try and shoehorn him into the three. Very true. I think they might try to shoehorn him into three, and that's why I think he'll be out there. Yeah, maybe, maybe with with Wade, maybe not. We'll yeah. see. Maybe that's one of the ones he takes off. Now, um, everybody's favorite time of the show. Oh man, we've been we've all been waiting over an hour for this. Dover, Gyro, what do we got? We're gonna go back to the train wreck of a team. Oh yes. Oh man, love the train go. wreck of the Houston Rockets. Real excited here. Oh man, who do they have wow. this week? That's a pretty tame. If yeah, it's it on the is. But I'll. Who, uh, well, but I'm it gonna depends. Lie. Who do they play? Who do they play? Bucks. Okay. Okay. Pelicans. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Those are games they should probably get. Well, the Bucks is a, it, that's a winnable game. Bulls also a winnable game. They're in the same <sighs> Super Eight train wreck. They're a caboose. They're not the caboose, but they're one of the. I don't uh, know. One Could of you the, add a kicker cars. to it? Maybe each one of them by a certain amount. Ooh, yeah. Maybe each one of them by a certain amount. Or an average. Yeah. That's a good guess. <laughs> I'll allow that. Oh, I'll allow it. just said the number fi- I was expecting eight. I, I was maybe 10. It was funny. I was also thinking 15. So wow, I was I'm on the really same happy. wavelength because I knew he was going to go extreme. I like you, it. You know what? One of these days. Joe is going to make us all look like fools. Exactly. He'll be and a genius. And that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> We've had fun this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out for this long extended show. We're still trying to figure out all the kinks, so we appreciate you hanging on. If you'd like to tell us how we're doing, give us a little bit of feedback. How about you email us at hackachatcast at gmail.com. We've had some questions in as well. We love to hear your questions. Please send those our way. Uh, we're going to compile a big part of those and turn that into a segment later. You can reach us on Twitter at hack underscore uh underscore chat. Find us there. My girl, Ellen Chalada. That's her actual Twitter. It's wonderful. Her name's Ellen. So Ellen Chalada, it's a pun. It's based off of food that um, is spicy sometimes. Oh, very cool. Yeah, she's been great. She's been tweeting out all our links. So I wanted to give her a nice shout out. You can find me on Twitter at Cleep3. Gyro's on Twitter at JTD Perk. Dan uh, will never be on Twitter. I under think. construction. Under construction. Under we'll construction. See what happens? Uh, we want to give a shout out to Tim Piscitelli making our music for our show. He's the one that put that music at the beginning of the end. He's gonna make our own music. We're really excited for that. Uh, you can find him on SoundCloud. Go check him out. Go get him the clicks, the plays, and all that jazz. You can find us on iTunes. 
You can subscribe. You can rate. You can review. Please do that. We would love that. You can find us on SoundCloud as well. Just search our name, Hack a Chat. Wait a uh, second. So we're, I'm really excited. We had a lot of fun this week. We but, had so but wait, much but to wait, talk but about. wait, 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 wait. What? What? We still have not talked about Harold Miner. We keep promising this. We need to talk about him. Look, we talked about Chris Jackson. Is that how not much, close how enough? How much time do we have left? We have time to no talk No time left. Guys, he was the dunk champion. We have, we've got to talk so about him. It's so late. I have, uh, I have to go to bed. Next, next week. Next week. Uh, next week. All right. Next week. Next week. Well, until then, travel safe. Be good to one another. All out.